0: Hello everyone, this is Kathak Kachakkar. My name is Pramit and this place is designed to be a central platform to bring conversations with Kathakars across the globe. Today I have with me Apurva Benzin. She is an elite Kathak dancer and a splendid choreographer. And is a disciple of Guru Lata Bakalkarji. Currently pursuing her Alankar post-graduation in Kathak, Apurva has 23 years of on-stage performing experience. Known for her versatility, Apurva, a mime artist and harmonium player, is also a master of other dance forms such as folk, ballet, and contemporary. Being a celebrated Kathak dancer, she has been invited as a judge for many competitions honored with immense appreciation all over India. She has performed for national television on multiple occasions. After coming to USA in 2017, Apurva was invited to perform in various events in Columbus and Indianapolis. Currently, Apurva is earning a PhD in health economics from IU School of Liberal Arts. Apurva, how are you?
1: I'm good, Prometh, how are you?
0: I'm pretty good and yeah uh you know i started my kathak in indiana and uh, came across your page and i saw people and i saw you dancing in the background of indianapolis so the first <laughs> time when i saw your page i actually had to do a double take i'm like there's no way this might be a city in the u.s that looks like indianapolis but there's no way there's actually another person in indianapolis so it's always good to see your page and see you dance in the background of indianapolis so thank you for doing that and well, of course <laughs> So, Apurva, I hear that you're doing your PhD and your Kathak together. So, how does that work? I think people have a notion that when you're doing your PhD, you can only do a PhD and you're not supposed to do anything else. So, tell us about that.
1: Yeah, right. So, um, I mean, growing up, I have always loved Kathak and I have always loved economics. So, that was something which was going, you know, parallelly. Um, and, um you know, if not for economics, uh, I have got my training in Kathak so rigorously that you know, if if not for uh, economics, I could have been like a you know, hundred percent like a performer. Uh, so um, I got my training very seriously back in when I was in Mumbai, and so that is I have like a solid foundation of that. Uh, then later on, when I got an opportunity for a full-time, you know, I got a full-time scholarship to pursue a PhD in economics. Um, I came to States. I shifted in 2017 from Mumbai to Indianapolis. And uh, surprisingly, it wasn't that difficult, you know, um, because when you are in like a same city, like, you know, growing up, people around you, they know you, that you are a dancer and things like that. But after coming here, I had to kind of reintroduce myself. And suddenly the entire environment was so different, right? Like uh, small things like, um, so growing up, I used to do Not just dance, but I used to learn music, vocals, Hindustani. I used to go for swimming class and uh, yoga class and many other things. So, but my mother was always there, you know, uh, to kind of make sure that everything is ready for me. Um, Like, for example, you know, my lunch, my food, my my clothes, and my schedule. Everything is on time. Uh, But then shifting to states, everything was so different that you know, suddenly you have to like make your own food, you have to clean your own dishes, you have to do laundry, and uh, you have to do all your grocery trips and things like that so it was challenging in that sense, uh, but not the other way around. Like PhD, of course, it's 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 very different than uh, you know uh, uh, in Indian education system, right? Like when I uh, my first year when I came here, it was very much challenging in, in the sense that this education system was different. Uh, so the learning curve was very steep in that sense, but doing kathak along with that was never a challenge. Um, But because of my, what you can say, like multitasking uh, nature from the beginning, it was very helpful for me to, you know, kind of balance my studies as well as Kathak and many other things, in fact, not just Kathak, um, but uh, different things. And um, I think I kind of made sure that I have a good um, set of friends and, you know, like a a, a strong basis. Like I had my mother back in Mumbai, but I I don't have a family in Indiana. So uh, then building these relationships and, you know, things like that, it's, it's, I think that's what helped me to get into both of these uh, things together. But yeah, it is, it is not easy, like I because, you know, you have to do, I have to do like my research. I have to, I work part-time um, and uh, along with that doing Kathak is kind of, you know, sometimes you have to compromise on your, like many other things because uh, uh, like I said, you know, cooking food or this simple task, it takes up at times like a lot of time uh, and energy uh, but yeah it wasn't that difficult I'll say but at the same time differently challenging you know it, it, it was not that I have to uh, balance um, uh, what you say studies in uh, Kathak it wasn't that it was like a different different country different environment and different set of challenges so yeah
0: okay understood so it's not just so it's more of our understanding it's not just the studies it's not just the research it's that you're doing it in a different country and you have to kind of figure out that country along with trying to figure out what you want to do as well. So right. on that note, like for you, when you're trying to, when you, when you do your Kathak performances or your riyas, do you how do you structure them with your work day and your classes and your research? Do you put them in the beginning or in the middle or you kind of just go on the fly? How do you kind of structure that in? Uh,
1: so I always try to have my riyas mostly in the evenings And particularly more so during weekends. Weekends I do like in the morning and during the weekdays, it's going to be evening. Now, interesting part is the apartment which I stay has carpet all around. So the only place I can do my riyas is in my kitchen, Mm -hmm. which has like a wooden flooring. Okay, that's uh, good. so I move I move my uh, mirror from my bedroom to my kitchen every single time I do my riyas okay. and uh, you know the portable ones which you get in the Walmart mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have those and I move it to the kitchen and uh, it's a very small space but I make sure that I you know do my tatkas I do some of my toras and I do some of the tals, and I revise and mm-hmm. uh, because you can't take really spins and you know, footwork you can't really do on a carpet uh, but kitchen is a space where I'm like you know after I'm done with cooking and stuff like that I ask my roommates to please leave the kitchen area and I do my own rias
0: okay okay yes Um, yeah my last apartment had carpeting too and I was on the first floor so there was one time I got a neighbor complaint and after that what I did was like so I got this rubber mat that you Uh can put on the carpet and you can actually buy like fake wood it's called wooden laminate
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so- I actually saw that like option, but um, mm-hmm. I figured out it's not gonna work for me. But mm-hmm. yeah, and, and there's no other space. And then when you are living with other roommates, you know, uh, you cannot kind of have permanent mm-hmm. things. So yeah, I mean, um, oh. but I, I I also stay in like on the first floor, so there's no problem with okay.
0: uh, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like what I did was like I had like five wooden laminates so that we like this, just like a small square and that and since I'm a beginning student yeah I can only I need I can only dance in one spot and I don't need to move around which right. is why I can use that one spot I can do everything there together right so yeah I find yeah I finally moved to a place <laughs> which has like wooden laminate here so yeah I, I can do my my first floor so I have to worry about that anymore
1: amazing yeah
0: so <laughs> that's always good to have that taken care of so when it comes to Riyaz I'm very curious what does your riyas look like if you don't mind me asking
1: yeah, so um, it usually starts with warm-up, 15-20 minutes of good warm-up. And mostly what I do is I go to gym because, you know, I'm restricted to space and time, off, of course, because I'm sharing an apartment with other people. I go to gym, I will like do my workout and then come back. So my body's kind of fresh. I won't, I won't do the cool down things, you know. I'll just come home and I'll immediately start with my tatkaars. Um, And mostly I do like, you know, take one bath a day of from one taal. I'll practice that or I'll practice a ludi. and uh, I like to revisit my old taals whatever I have learned so I'll just take one taal a week and I'll just you know kind of practice that I'll, I'll just maybe a day I'll just do todas, the other day I'll just do chakradar todas and things like that or sometimes I'm in mood of just doing bhavanga you know I just I'm like so tired I don't feel like getting up What's bhavanga I'm not aware of that term Bhavanga is all the expressions. So you have Naikas, you have uh, different uh, uh, Sita Haran, or you know, you have different stories. Mm-hmm. So under Bhavanga section, so there is Talanga and there is Bhavanga, right? Okay. So Talanga has all the Toda, Tukras, the main dance part, what you're going to say. And then later we do something called as Bhavanga, which it's, is it's very vast. Uh, so you have to, you know, kind of, uh, I mean, I believe it comes with little. Uh, you, you can't really practice it. I mean, it comes with little maturity as well. It's practice and maturity combined together. Uh, I mean, you cannot expect a ten-year-old to, you know, do like a bisharika naika or things like that. Uh, but uh, now that I'm at, you know, at this stage where um, I find it very, very fascinating. You know, I sometimes I'll just uh, put up any song and I'll just, you know, go into that mood and try to uh, imagine as to how. So, so if there's just one line how will you do that one line with 10, you know, 10 different, so it's not like sitting choreographies which you see these days on social media, you know, there's very wrong portrayal of people saying it's Kathak, uh, but just one line, with just one line, what all can you show with that one line, you know, by just using your facial expressions or some of the hand gestures, um, so, uh, you know, just a, a slight eyebrow like a use of this eyebrow you know um, or like eyes the, the meaning of this it, it entirely changes so you have to really think about what you feel from you know uh, th- that one uh, part of a lyric and uh, what you want to portray what do you feel what all can you imagine so sometimes I just love to you know get into that space and not necessarily for Kathak I mean I even sometimes listen to Bhajans or like you know guzzle, and I'll be like I, you know, how, how can I express this just with my facial expressions? Um, so that is something um, I love doing when I'm like very tired, uh, you know, I don't have energy to just get up. Um, and um, sometimes um, I love watching Kathak performances, you know, something on YouTube or, you know, other Instagram and things like that. That also motivates me, you know, I mean, even watching others is a kind of Riyaz is what I think, you know, you are constantly, um, updating yourself you're constantly trying to learn what is there so when I have like rough days and I don't have time at all and I'm, I might be traveling from point A to point B in a bus all I can do is you know watch a performance I don't have time to go home and re so uh, you know I, in those times I'll, I'll like watch a performance I'll try to learn from that uh, so yeah I mean there are different different ways but I make sure that I'm always always connected
0: uh, to my dance. Immersed in the thing, that's really interesting to know that there's so many ways of doing it. I always think if I'm my, if I'm not practicing here, I'm not doing anything. I've never thought of like actually just watching performances or just listening to the dal or something like that. That'd be interesting. Uh, and also like this is, uh, since I don't know a whole lot about the Abhinaya, Abhinaya and all that since we haven't gotten there. So is Bhavang? considered a part of Abhinaya or is that a separate thing altogether?
1: So it's, yeah, Bhavanga is uh, Abhinaya, right? So when you pr- mm. perform like a Rangamanch, you have the introduction of, uh, so you will do uh, like a, a Vandana. There is a format, You are you aware of that format? There is a Vandana, then there will be like a uh, one Tal, usually the dancers will perform like a, a, any, any Tal and then so under that tal, there will be different Toda, tukrati, hai paran, and mm-hmm. so on. There's a format for that. Then the part of bart, bart, or it's like so. It's a footwork kind of section. Okay. And after footwork, there is this abhinaya part, or also called as bhavanga part. So basically, a dancer during a performance tries to showcase, you know, that how he or she is you know good with each of these aspects right so you have to give your performance it's a whole performance it's not just spins it's not just footwork it's mm-hmm. like a complete performance so complete performance includes all these things
0: okay okay understood yeah i've seen one rangman performance and yeah i didn't quite get all of it like there are all mm-hmm. the sections of it i didn't uh, i i like i read the whole thing and i didn't quite grasp what comes where i do remember like the vandana coming first mm-hmm. the tarana towards the end but yeah, i don't quite mm-hmm. understand the whole thing yet that's for sure
1: yeah i mean during so in uh, exams in mumbai you know they're conducted by like gandharava Mahavidyalaya. so in india we have this set of exams uh, okay. are you aware of those
0: exams mm-hmm. like uh, no so, let's let i mean i've heard a little bit but just tell me a little <laughs> bit about them first
1: so there are like seven levels. I think now there are eight. Uh, so once you complete all these uh, exams, uh, seventh or eighth, I think it's the Visharath. So during my time, it was only seven and I think they changed it to eight. And again, it's back to seven if I'm not wrong. So I, I'm not sure about the current, uh, this thing. Um, but so once you complete those seven, then it's Visharad. So it starts with Prarambhik, Praveshika, Pratham, Praveshika, Puna. So there are levels, right? And each exam, I think for first two or three exams, um, it's only practical and then you also have theory. So now it's theory and practical. And I think during Visharad, which is like a graduation, that final exam, uh, it's like you have a viva, but as well you have like a Rangamanch performance. So a dancer is expected to have, you know, know all these things. So you will have like a 40 minutes per particular performance a Rangamanch then the examiner will ask uh, like questions so that comes under viva and uh, yeah, so that's how, and the written exam is different. So that's how the exam exa, like the entire exam format is.
0: Okay. So when you say Rangmanj and the exam format, is that the same as like the Rangmanj pravesh, the first solo performance, or is that done separately as a different thing there?
1: Also, sometimes, so basically, it actually is prominent in Bharatanatyam, uh, okay. where you, when you are uh, done with your graduation, mm-hmm. uh, it's like a, a token of respect to your guru, okay. where you perform Arangetram. It's like your first performance in front right. of everyone. Okay. So, yeah, so Kathak also, it's it's done, but not so much as Arangetram. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, okay. it's the same thing. Because yeah. I've
0: seen, seen that in U.S. academies, the Rangmanj thing is kind of, popular Mm -hmm. as like a coming of age and it usually coincides with them graduating high school as well is what i've noticed so uh, if that's what the visharad looks like could you tell us so once you do the visharad what i uh, and you mentioned that you're currently pursuing your alankar and your post graduation so what does that what happens in the alankar what do you learn in that stage
1: so again, it's a ste- step higher, right? You learn more tasks, more difficult ones. And I mean, the learning never stops. Even if I am sure if after I'm done with Alankar, there is this PhD in Kathak, which you can do. And it, it's it's a vast area. But for me, Alankar has been very challenging for the reason I started my Alankar back in Mumbai, you know, from my guru, um, uh, Lata Bakar Karji. And um, after that, I shifted to United States. So it's kind of, uh, you know, on a hold as such because um I have decided that I mean I had decided that you know every time I'll go to Mumbai maybe I'll learn things and then come back and then give exams and things it's not so much working out at the moment but still I'm very very much connected to my like to my guru and as well as the dance class so I'm like involved in uh, this thing so uh, like the programs or we like I think last year itself we did, did like a video um, which our guru choreographed and uh, things like that. So I'm still connected, but the Alankar part, so I have learned uh, like most of the TALs of the first. So Alankar is also divided into two exams. The first exam, I think I'm almost done with the syllabus and everything, but just that, you know, I'm in States and I cannot go back. So the exams are conducted in November, December and in, I think, May, April, May, sometime like that. So um, I'm just not able to, uh, you know, find correct time with my schedule to fly back and then give those exams but uh, yeah I mean whenever possible I'm gonna do that so
0: <laughs> so you said that your uh, training was serious your training was rigorous so could you tell us a little bit about what your training was like so to give us an idea
1: yeah I mean I remember going to dance class every single day mm-hmm. every single day uh so weekend and, and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weekends, oh. in fact, Sunday it used to be nine a.m. in the morning, so nine to one, and it's not that you know you have to just dance in your batch and then just go home. No, okay. uh, I remember. So, for example, if my class starts at six p.m. in the evening, so I used to do my college and things like that, and I used to go to my class. Um, and uh, so after you're done with your batch you go outside you practice it until the dance class is basically shut down by your guru so at 10 p.m 11 p.m sometimes and so um, I stay in I'm I'm not I don't know how much you know about Mumbai but I stay in Thani Mm. and my dance class is to be in Dadar so which is like a 40 minute train commute so after the dance class it ends at 11 I have to go back you know Train on, all alone. On the 11 pm
0: <laughs> train. Back yeah, home. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, back home. Okay. And um, I mean, sometimes it used to be even more late, you know, we ha- used to have these shows. I mean, I don't remember any time where we know, we didn't have like a performance coming up, because, you know, that can, it kind of gives you an exposure, right? And there are so many opportunities and platforms and, uh, you know, available in Mumbai. Uh, I remember there used to be at least like one show a month or something, if I'm not uh, overstating it. Yeah, yeah. And so we used to, so that used to be different. That's not included in your regular Kathak training. I mean, although you are dancing Kathak in, in those programs, that is diff- That is going to be different. So for those rehearsals, it's a different day, different time and things like that. And apart from that, you know, you have your uh, classes and sometimes uh, our guru, you know, used to ask us to dance with, for example, if I am um, uh, doing my Upante Vishara, which is like the sixth exam, and there is a class, which is uh, just like a second or third exam old. My teacher used to be like, come and dance at the, you know, in the background. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's just about, you know, perfecting yourself. It's like working on you. So she might not be even looking at you. Doesn't matter. You just have to be there do your own thing when time comes when your batch comes when your number comes she will you know teach you look at you what you're doing and things like that and like my guru Lata Bakar is like such a dedicated person like I remember so during competition so we have the state level competitions and all right uh, which I have won like I, I, just before coming to states in fact I won the women artist girl trophy I remember she used to I mean not just me but any person participating in competition she used to call uh us you know uh, at least two times a day to her house so her house is very close to the dance class but uh you know dance class is open on a particular times because it is those different times right like it's it cannot be opened the entire time so she used to call us to her house and i remember us to go twice a day like First, I'll go to her house, she will teach me, then I'll go back to my college, attend all classes. And I used to always participate in, you know, other activities in college, like, you know, folk dance and mime and this and that. I used to do all those rehearsals, come back to her house, get the training, again, go to dance class, get the other training. So, it was, um, I'm telling you, like I used to get up sometimes like 4.30 a.m. in the morning, do my studies and um, return home at, you know, 12, 30 And then same, it, it just goes on. Um, and I was highly productive. Like I was good in, you know, so I have uh, good in studies always. And so I, I find that that's why I don't find like the first question, how do you find PhD with dance? I don't, because that's how I have been brought up, you know, like studies are at their place and dances but dance is something that's not always on my mind um but yeah Mumbai it was very different and then like you said the shows uh, we used to have during mostly during weekends or if there are like m- many like festivals coming or events coming um and but like our teacher was very particular you know which programs to choose and she, she'll always make sure that her students get the correct exposure and it's not like any random xyz event where we are dancing so uh, I have been like very fortunate to have got really good opportunities back in Mumbai, you know, when there's growing up years. So, yeah.
0: Uh, Abura, what made you want to do this or why did you continue doing this and what made you push through the times when you wanted to quit? I assume there might have been certain times you thought about it.
1: No, I never even once thought about quitting.
0: Interesting. So never so- ever once. Okay, so tell me about what yeah. drove you then to like do this every day, day in and day out. I, I
1: just love to dance. I cannot express how much I loved it. Like like I said before, if not for economics, because even I love economics so much that I cannot leave that. But if not for economics, I would have been a 100%, like a full-time, performer so that's how I have also you know when you go for example to a swimming class like I have attended my swimming class you know just to learn how to swim right it's not like a career like I, I never thought that I'm going to have a career in swimming and so you know I have to learn and practice swimming day in and day out but I have done the like that for dance like always growing up, I was like yes dancer I want to be a dancer when I grow up I want to be a dancer when I grow up so that's 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 been there and just with the opportunities that I got in economics uh, I mean uh, I was always good with studies but i never thought that i'll you know uh, pursue higher education with respect like phd and such i always thought okay i'll do masters and all but then I, I that interest grew in me and i was like no i want to learn even more about this and then i got the scholarship and i was like there is no way i'm gonna you know quit now so yeah so just bo- both of it so never even once i thought about quitting dance at all like no
0: <laughs> okay so then, the next thing that comes to my my question is about competitions. Cause so I've had, say, the the I've interviewed a couple of people who currently live in Mumbai. So one was mm-hmm. Niketaji Niketabhanwalkar, and one other person is Akhilesh Akhilesh Achaturvedi. So kind of both of them, Bombay. And the, both of them kind of told me like this thing where if you throw a rock in Bombay, you're going to hit a dance academy, or you're going to hit this. And there, so there's a lot of like intense competition just around dance academies, Kathak academies, and and Bollywood all existing in the same place. So first of all, when you were competing, were you competing against just other Kathakas or were you like doing overall dance competition? What was that like?
1: So again, it, you know, it really depends on your guru, right? right. So there are, i'll say 365 days i think there will be some other the competition happening in mumbai no doubt but it's upon your guru so it's not that you know a competition comes and I, I can just go and participate in that no i have to take permission from my guru and my guru will make sure that there is some level to that competition you know she's not going to let me just go and you know uh, dance on any random xyz competition she'll make sure that there will be Students coming, uh, uh, you know, who who come from uh, what a nice background or you know, uh, good gurus. So, so there are there is a different level of competitions. I'll say. So many times, what used to happen is, you know, for example, uh, in college, for example, um, uh, you know, the cultural um, uh, teacher, she used to like the professor. She she'll come and she's like, hey, Apurva, this competition is happening here. I think you should go. So their interest is basically that you will get them a trophy. Right? That's there only, but I have to ask my guru, can I go? And then she'll, you know, she'll carefully read everything, you know, where it is coming from, what's the organization and, you know, what students are going to come like, because for her, the competition is for her students to get better, right? When you compete with other Kathakas, like other people, otherwise you're not never, never going to know. So you only see the people in your dance class. You don't know what's outside. But during competitions, you come across different uh, dancers from different dance classes, different gurus. And that's when you see and that kind of motivates you that, oh, you know, this girl is she looks even younger to me. And wow, look at her. She's dancing. And and you find new connections. And always it's, it's always competitions are always healthy is what I think. But only those competitions which have some standard, you know what I mean? And so you have to trust your guru with that. If my guru says, no, do not go for that competition. I'm not going there so yeah
0: how do they get judged especially like i guess start, just starting uh, like uh, so the competitions you went to were they like kathak versus kathak or like all dance forms i guess let's start with that
1: no 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 just kathak
0: just kathak, just kathak.
1: Right? kathak. and so, yeah yeah
0: so how do they judge or what on what criteria did they use to judge in competitions
1: there will be very senior kathak artists as judges like very very senior so uh Yeah, so you have, uh, so usually a typical Kathak competition will be like, you know, five, six minutes time. And in that you can perform either like a Rangamanj. That's a challenging, but yeah, we have done that, you know, trying to, yes, yes. Uh, In five, six minutes, I have, I have a, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's interesting, but so it's, again, it's it's your gurus, uh, this thing, you know, how to exactly um, make it, a perfect package of talanga, bhavanga, the footwork and everything so that it's like, you know, perfect. So even five minutes, uh, we we call it lists, these performances. So we have this five, five minute list. We have 15 minute list. So depending upon the time allowed in that competition, uh, we will perform rangamanch. Or sometimes uh, if just like two, three minutes, we might just perform like a tarana, or you know simple sargam or things like that, but mostly what I'm the competitions which I was talking about, which are very you know high standard and they they usually have this rangamanch and many times these are uh, performed live, like with the live tabla player, harmonium player, like the singer and like live artist, even if it is a five minutes, yeah.
0: So, you haven't, um, are these when you say live? Are these, are these people you get time to practice with before, or you just meet them? Yes, on stage? yes, okay. no,
1: no, 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 that's okay, a okay. proper practice sessions happening, uh, before I see uh, that, yeah. So, many of these are recorded, but uh, many times you also have like live performance, so even for competitions in Mumbai, you will find live musicians there, uh, on stage. Hmm. Which is, so life is, performance is very tough, you know, compared to, because anything can go wrong, but at the same time, it also helps in a way where, a way where uh, you know, if you have like a good rapport and something wrong happens, they kind of take care of you. Like, okay. you know, they'll, yeah. So it, it both, it's both ways, okay. but uh, yeah.
0: So do you have like a story where on competition you were on stage, something went wrong, but it got taken care of either by you or like the musician or something like that?
1: Uh, I haven't done many live for the competitions at such. Like I have done live performances. And like for the live performance, oh, many times it has happened, you know, like sometimes um, uh, I remember uh, during one performance, my gungru it came out and I was very tense. So that is, it's it's a very nerve wracking situation because My guru, she doesn't like, you know, if your guru is it's coming out, especially on stage, it's not a good thing. And I don't know what happened. I always, you know, make sure it's all good and all. But during that one particular performance, I remember it was coming. It was coming loose and I was getting super tense because more than half of my performance was left. And um, I just kind of, you know, looked at the like, uh, so my um, other colleague, she was doing the padant and I kind of looked at her and you know I she understood and uh, I went in the wing and uh, the tabla player, he continued playing. He did some bandish and it was, the audience just felt like it is a part of know, just a, it's a part of a performance. Oh, he just sweet. took care. He told some tihais, he did some, an audience clap and everything was good. I tied my groove and I was back on stage. So people don't know what happened, but these oh. are small, small things, you know, which uh, uh, during a live performance, you can very well take care of. So if this would have been a recorded audio you know i there was no way for me to stop you know it would have been like uh yeah so yeah
0: what do you look for when you're trying to choose the people you work with what has what characteristics
1: so for a stage performance or what like for uh what color because because back you know because back in mumbai Again, these collaborations are, you know, basically your gurus, this thing, right? So she will pair up or she will form the groups and things like that. But now coming to States when I am like on my own and uh, things like that, uh, there are a couple of things which I look as to. Uh, first thing, I always love to uh, uh, kind of play with different genres. So I won't just stick to Kathak. I'll I'll go for Bharatanatyam, I'll go for ODC, you know, different things. And... Um, Another thing is, um, what I'll say, commitment commitment to time, uh, because I'm always kind of, you know, very tight on my schedule. So when I give my 100%, I, I mean you know, I'm expecting the other person to give, you know, as uh, equal or if not less, uh, but apart from that, I kind of get, uh, see that, you know, um, whether I'm going to learn something from it or not, that collaboration, is it worth in terms of learning? If it is just going to be just random, you know, I I I don't see a point in doing it, right? It has to be a learning, even if it is an extremely small thing, doesn't matter. It has to, it has to be some kind of learning. Uh, Otherwise, there is no point is what I think. Uh, and that's why when I talk about different genre, is that's that's what I am, uh, you know, it helps where uh, I, I don't know much about other dance forms. So that's where I always kind of, it's 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 a fixed thing that, okay, at least I'm going to learn something new. Uh, but with other Kathak dancers or things like that, again, it's, uh, you know, there are different gharanas, there eh, are different working styles. Eh? So you always learn something with collaborations. So, yeah.
0: Have you found it easier or more difficult to work with one or the other how, what has your experience been like
1: i find it more easier i don't know why okay. because i am like i go with uh, z- z- completely coming out that okay i do not know anything please you know educate me educate me and it's very fascinating to find how can you um kind of uh Adjust Kathak. Oh, I won't say adjusted. You know, kind of uh, uh, collaborated with other dance forms because Kathak is so kind of uh, fluid in a way where it can be. I think you know, it can be molded into any, any, any way. It's what I think. You know, it's not as rigid. You know what I mean? Like it's it's more flexible. So, uh, so for example, collaborating with a Bharatnatyam dancer or with ballet, it's not at all challenging. It's, it's, in fact, it's very, it's like, oh, you do this, okay, maybe I can do that. And it's, it's just a wonderful experience. So, like, just recently I collaborated with Bharatnatyam dancers for Indian raga, and that was an amazing experience. I mean, um, you won't believe, we just um, met for, I think, an hour or so, and we had like an entire choreography ready. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we had video calls before, but it was basically just, you know, I mean, video calls are different, right? It it was just a basic idea. And uh, the shoot was in Atlanta. So I had, I drove down to Atlanta for eight hours and I went to her house and it was an immediate, no, I had a friend and uh, yeah, and uh, it was an immediate, you know, because you are at the same mind space, same level. So sometimes it just, it just happens. And now when I look back at the video, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm proud of it. Like, you know what I mean? Because um, so while creating, you don't understand how uh, beautiful it is. This is what I think. It just happens. You know, it, when you're in that mind space, when you are in front of the mirror, it just it just happens. And when you put all those pieces together in a nice video with, you know, with nice costumes and background and stuff like that, and it just uh, it's very satisfying in that sense.
0: So, in terms of performances, so do you have, if I were to ask you about, like, say, your memorable performances and any anecdotes that you'd like to share from your memorable performances, what would some of them be?
1: There are many. Uh, (laughs) It would be tough to choose any one particular, but I think the only memorable performance for me is um, not just one, but, like, number of times, in fact, when I have performed in front of my guru. And she's happy. And she had, you know, after the performance, she's, you know, satisfied with that. is It's like the greatest accomplishment, I think, for me. Um, anything else than anything else. Because, you know, my mother or my father. So my mother, she, you know, uh, since my childhood, she has always, um, uh, uh, you know, used to travel with me for my dance classes. And so she knows a little bit of, you know, Kathak and how, you know, my growth and such. So she's a good critique. She'll tell me on face like you know this was not and that was not and you did this and you did that and things like that but again it's like you know it's my mom and you know (laughs) you know it's different but when it comes to your guru and just seeing her face after the performance that was it all right and then when she is happy that's it so just a compliment from your guru is I think the best compliment you can ever get and the second best thing I think is you know when after performances when uh, people come to me and they are like, you know, we like this was amazing. Can you please teach us? Or do you have classes? Or sometimes they are like, who is your guru? Can you please tell us so we can go and learn? I mean, this thought, uh, you know, of um, making people, making them feel like they ha- they should be learning this is something is very fascinating to me so that's another compliment I think you know rather than just coming up and oh nice performance it was nice and you know that is different but when people come and say I want to learn this that's when I'm like okay that was something you know that makes me feel happy so these are the two things which I'm I always look forward to so if that is happening then I'm happy with my performance.
0: Okay and so on that note if you know, people asking do you take classes and I know you're doing your own thing in your PhD and may not be on the cars right now but do you see yourself teaching in the future having your own students what does what do you think the future would look like for you with that?
1: Uh, yeah so currently like people ask mm-hmm. me and you know it's it's not happening in my schedule yeah. uh, but uh, I'm open to that actually I mean I love teaching so mm-hmm. uh, even back in Mumbai um, I used to teach economics for a year in a you know Poddar college if you know I not know you know of Mumbai so that's one of the really uh, biggest largest colleges in Mumbai for commerce what was, it's like was the there. name of it Poddar.
0: okay yeah
1: uh, so uh, I used to teach there for a year it was although it was I used to teach TYBCOM students. It was I was a fresh uh, master's graduate, and um, you know I did one year in that. And that time, um, I realized that I love teaching. It okay. doesn't matter what it has to, you know, the subject of it, yeah. uh, because I like I used to teach to my friends. I used to teach them mathematics. I'll teach them, you know, economics. Different. I used to teach some dance, some choreography here and there. So I realized in that one year that I love the process of teaching. So maybe teaching is something um, which maybe, I don't know, I'm keeping that option open as well. Uh, even here in Indiana University, you know, I ha- you have to teach, you know, PhD students, they get teaching assistantships, so You have to teach, teach the undergrads and all. So I think I love teaching. So definitely th- that is something um, I'm, I am I'll look forward to. It. I mean, I don't know, I haven't planned anything at such there is nothing planned. Um, uh, but yeah, sure. maybe I'm I'm open to that. Yeah, I'm open to that. Definitely. I love teaching.
0: Okay. And yeah, still future plans, so things might change and all, but you know, you learned a certain way. And there might be when you when you start teaching, or you might have sort of like, when I start teaching, I want to add this as well, in addition to what my guru taught me. Like every teacher goes through that, like. I learned this, but I wish I'd, I had this when I was teaching. So I could give that to my students. What would that be for you? Or what would you like to add to what you already know or how you've been taught?
1: Right. I think um, so that is one um, difference I saw after coming to States. So in general, the education system in India is, you know, they, you are told and you just like by heart, you just learn it. You, you don't question it. Versus in United States, the students are allowed to question each and everything and that kind of helps them to learn even more. So I think one thing I would like to do is, you know, make sure that whatever I teach, the students have to you know, ask why, uh, why this movement or why this uh, Abhinaya or whatever, whatever that may be, you know, what a simple story. So I remember uh, I performed in Columbus once, and later one um, a nine-year-old girl came, and uh, uh, she she was very fascinated and all. And uh, later, also like two, three times, I met her. Uh, so once she asked me that um uh, didi uh, what, what why do you carry uh, water you know on your head with that what, what is that and she is born in us right although her parents are indians and I, I have to tell her oh so i have to explain to her the entire history there were no taps before you know and there is a certain way you carry a pot in kathak there are different there is actually gut you know matke uthane ke prakar it is called as different ways of lifting a pot yeah, so there, there are things. So, of course, the people, the kids are going to question all that, like, because they have never seen all this. So, I think in my approach, I will just, you know, make them um, ask me as much questions as possible, rather than just telling, oh, this is the only way you should do it. You know, there can be a different way. We don't know. Like, you know, it's, it's their imagination, right? We, they, we have to, I think, um, make sure that we expand their imagination as such. So, yeah that is one thing for sure
0: <laughs> yeah like I was I was I've always been the kid who asked questions like in school in college in grad school and that's kind of why oh. I do a podcast <laughs> as well if that makes sense so that's why that kind of comes yeah. to me about asking yeah. questions because like for me it's yeah. always been that if I have a question I know someone else in the class does as well right just right. that I'm the one doing it for them,
1: kind of. Right. So since no, you talk- there are always like you know two three students like you. I think even back in school, but like majority of the students they don't you know question because mm-hmm. I don't know they are afraid of the teachers or gurus or I don't know what. It's kind of you know uh, like most is spoon feeding uh, system. I think it's in India you see a lot of spoon feeding kind of system. You are just told and you. But again, it's changing. I mean, this generation I see, um, this Gen Z so-called, they, they question a lot of things. And okay. that would be really interesting how, uh, you know, they question things in Kathak and how it's going to help even Kathak and them. Like it's a, it's a parallel thing. So, yeah.
0: Okay. And since you're talking about Gen Z and you talked about, you know, and you're asking your questions. You know, one of the things you're really passionate about is attracting a younger generation to Kathak. So how do you go about that?
1: Yes. So, um, I mean, like I said before, um, my motive is to um, make sure that I um, kind of uh, introduce Kathak to as many people as I can. It is not restricted to just Indians or Desis or Americans or, you know, any other uh, part of the world. So my motive is to make sure that I introduce Kathak to as many people as I can. Now, if I suddenly start doing Rangamanch to an American crowd, they are not going to understand anything, right? Like, to perform a Rangamanch, you need an educated audience. Educated audience, in a sense, Kathak wise right so they should understand the nuances of Kathak that oh this was 15 matra tal and you did so many spins and then you landed on some oh wow that comes so when you go to such performances and you have a certain set of audience uh, have you attended those or uh, before these kind of performances
0: I've attended one Rangmanj Pravesh which was like someone's graduation
1: Okay, okay, okay.
0: But yeah, so, no, yeah, uh-huh. I mean, uh, it uh, like initially when I started, I didn't, yeah, I don't really understand a lot of performances yet. I'm not really there. Yet. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So that crowd is different, right? So you cannot perform rangamanch in front of America or any other, you know, general crowd expecting, expecting them to appreciate the art form. So, what I think is, okay, let me make it easier for them. I'll take a song or like a one variable which is known to them. So, mm-hmm. if I take a semi-classical song, it can be, for example, Al-Bela Sajjana Ayori. It is not... Uh, I mean, it is classical, but still, because it is used in Bollywood, people know that song, right? right? And if I perform on that song, people are like, oh, we know the song, we know the lyrics, We or maybe non-desis might feel like, oh, we know the instruments used in this song, or, you know, right. they are something something is known. So at least one variable is known. And now the only unknown variable is some different dance form. So that makes them, I think, uh, you know, more attracted. And I get so many people after performances, you know, you're in the United States asking me, what was that again? It's called Kathak, you know, especially the American ones. They're like, what is it called? It's all Kathak. Oh, I'm going to research about it. Where can I learn this? How, you know, how, how do I learn this? What do I need to do that uh, to learn this? Are, are What are these bells and how do you wear them? And there are so many questions, so many questions. So I think uh, uh, using Kathak as, you know, as a medium to educate, like using semi-classical as a, as a way to educate people about Kathak is more fascinating to me and I think it's very is important as important as doing a Rangamanch. So once you attract crowd to it and once yeah. they start learning, obviously yeah. they will shift to people who know about Kathak and watching Rangamanch. But mm-hmm. it's a process. You just cannot expect directly a random person to come in Rangamanch and start appreciating the dance form. So I think both of these aspects are important. As good as performing a Rangamanch, it is important to attract you know you have to take Kathak into mainstream I feel like and for that you have to you can you know it, it the song part I think it makes a difference you know it can be jazz for a sort you know a, a particular crowd or can be EDM it can be many so you just tweak it a little bit according to your audience and that's it so so that it's very easy for them to digest and it attracts them so
0: that so in Mumbai you had all these years of experience you had your guru and you had this reputation built, you had, you know, this notoriety and fame. You came to Indiana kind of just starting from scratch and people don't know about you. So how did you build, start building your reputation and all repertoire in Indiana?
1: Uh, right. So um, I remember when I was leaving Mumbai, my guru told me that Apurva doesn't matter what you do, just keep dancing. That's it, and it kind of stuck with me. And uh, initially, I was worried that you know, okay, I'm going in a different country, and I have to reintroduce myself. Nobody knows me there. You know, how if if at all if I'm going to get a chance? You know, I didn't know anything. Uh, But you won't believe like three days in the United States, and I was already performing in Columbus uh, with like for eight hundred people. Three days. yeah, yeah, just So that's I, like, I saw... It's <laughs> like the jet lag hadn't worn off by then
0: or something. That's pretty impressive.
1: Yes, yes. yes. I, I I, caught uh, one of my seniors and I was like, can you please drive me to uh, Columbus? Because it's a one hour drive from Indy. And uh, I went there and I performed. And from there, so in Columbus has a lot of uh, re- really good um, uh, musicians and ka- dancers like Kathak Bharat They have a git group and I have collaborated with them Quite some time now, and we have very various shows, um, live performances and all. So uh, for me, like because I performed there, that that was like my first performance. I uh, got that exposure, and suddenly, uh, you know, from there I got the opportunities elsewhere. Uh, it was like a word of mouth, and. Um, Also, because I'm into university, so we have this student organization, it's the Indian student organization called Desi Jags. Um, And I started, uh, you know, uh, so right now I'm the president, uh, serving as the president of that organization, Uh, but it kind of gave me a way into the university to perform my dance. So usually when, uh, like what I saw here was when they talk, when they say about um, Indian dance or music, immediately it comes to them as oh Bollywood it's it's as good as Bollywood that's it they don't know about Kathak they don't know about Bharat Nathya much they don't know there are some fancy uh, looking costumes but they really don't know anything about that so I was like okay let me change that if I'm not getting so many uh, Rangamanch opportunities out there let me create one for myself so I Uh, conducted an event called through my desi jags Um, and it was a fully uh, university sponsored event like university provided food and everything and we had I think 300 students all Americans non-Indians and uh, desis and all mixed crowd and I along with one more Bharatnatyam dancer performed for a good one hour just pure Rangamant and yeah so from there I got exposure in the university And uh, later on, I realized there is no dance group as such in the university. So I was like, let me create one. So I created my own Desi Jacks dance group. And as a result, we were like a recognized uh, dance group in the university. So university, like, you know, there are all like events happening around the clock. So we got invited to, you know, perform with various events, international festivals or, you know, in front of Chancellor or Asian Heritage dinner and um, Uh, So, yeah, so it kind of, so with the university exposure and with, you know, having uh, a great collaborators in Columbus, I was able to kind of build it from there and um, uh, got these opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, there are not many opportunities in Indiana for rangamanch. you know, what I mean, the pure Kathak uh, appreciating crowd, which I was talking about earlier. Uh, But I was like, if there is not one, let me create one. That, that happened. Then with COVID, things have changed, you know. Uh, it was all pre-COVID. It's more, more like a word of mouth and, you know, pub- publicity that wise. Uh, but then COVID happened and all stage performance, everything just stopped. And uh, I wasn't very active on social media before that. But then after COVID, I was like, okay, you know, there has to be something, uh, you know, I cannot leave without dance and I have to perform. So that's when I started, you know, recording my videos, things like that. And now opportunities are coming through social media, like a lot of uh, collaborations or um, uh, you know, it can, as, as simple as judging competitions or uh, things like that. So now it's so more social media because uh, physically we are not yet allowed to, you know, perform uh, on stage. Uh, but that's how it went, um, and it's it's going great so far. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay, yes, that's interesting. Like, we'll come to the dance group as well. But since you mentioned being a judge for competitions, now kind of you're on the other side of it. And because we we're just talking, we, just a few minutes ago, we we're talking about you being in competitions and ask, asking you what do the judges look for. So how does Apurva Bintre as a judge look for when they're, when you're looking at dancers? What are the things that matter to you?
1: Um, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's very kind I find it very easy to judge a person. I mean, you know, to see if person is genuine to the art form or not. I think that is what my uh, entire outline is when I am judging a competition. I should see the hard work in every aspect. You know, hard work in terms of the choreography, hard hard work in terms of performance, hard work in terms of uh, the costume. And there are many minute minute things. I, and I should be able to see that that person has, you know, genuinely tried to make sure that because every, so like a performance is a total package. It is a, it is makeup, costume. It is how you look, how you carry yourself, uh, you know, choreography, your entire uh, set, so-called performance. It's a, it's a thing, like multiple things. So I think that has to come out uh, very properly. So, uh, it necessary. It shouldn't be like. So I remember when in my school days once, uh, my mother there was some Radha Krishna song and I was sent by my school this competition. It was a good competition, but it was a semi classical dance competition, and um, there was this, some Radha bolo Bolena, some something some some song like that, and my mother dressed me up with a you know, um, ghagra choli, and uh, it it was a decent ghagra choli. Uh, but the judge, I think she gave me second prize or something. And later when my mother asked, you know, you know, what things we need, we need, we have to improve on, you know, for the next time the judge said, Oh, you didn't have a proper costume. And my mother was like, what is a proper costume? And she's like, Oh, this is a very simple dress. You know, it should at least have some, so it should have some beads. It should have some like uh, glittery stuff on it. So that was a total difference. So I'm not worrying about those kind of costumes when I see, you know, it has to be so, if it is a uh, so so that was a bummer at that time you know and I totally don't associate with that kind of so you can dance on a simple uh, uh, what a kurta pajama also that's fine but I mean it should be relevant to your what your dance form is right now I cannot dance in jeans and uh, this thing and dance kathak and give a rangamanch so by costume I mean that it has to go with what you are doing and just not. Um, it shouldn't be like gaudy, or you know, trying to just make a statement. No, it shouldn't be that. Everything has to be subtle. It has to be a good package. Yeah, because I remember, like back then, you know, there used to be parents who used to spend a lot on their costumes and. And my, my mother my mother never did that. She was like, no, I have this sari. Wear it if you want, and you know that's it. Or we will rent something decent. But uh, there, the, I remember the, the specifically in school. You know, when um, uh, school inter inter school competitions, I remember there used to be some parents used to be like very passionate about. Oh my, mm-hmm. kid has to look the best, and okay. they'll do like a lot of. So all these things are not neat at all. So uh, okay. yeah, so. Th-
0: So uh, yeah, so on that note, I guess this is something I'm always curious about, like, costume selection and colors and all that. Like, for you, how do you, like, if you figured out that this is something you want to do, like a dance or a performance or something you want to put out, how do you decide what costume is appropriate or what is appropriate for that and what colors to do? How does that process work in your mind?
1: Right. So back in Mumbai, again, it was different because there were options for me yeah. to rent out. If not, if I can, I cannot stitch on stitch on my own. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm in States, it's very limited. So I have a set wardrobe. I have some five, six costumes with me and I basically mix and match with them. So depending upon the, the song, the, my choreography, where I'm going to shoot the background, the color palette uh, and how convenient it is going to be to dance in that particular uh, uh, you know costume so everything is it's 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 well thought well thought of in that way
0: okay and speaking of well thought of uh, kind of want want to come down come out to like say the videos you put out on social media with like your choreographies which are kind of mostly semi-classical right so mm-hmm. could you tell us a little bit about because like uh, those videos look beautiful? Like you like you said, so very well thought out. So could you give us a background yeah. as to I'm only seeing the end thing, like oh really? That's wow, right. what a video. So what goes into the what what goes in the background? Like you think, like starting from like you thought of okay, I want to do this song to that video. What what needs to happen from there to the end?
1: Um, yeah well first thank you <laughs> you are liking it um, so yeah I so it so happened you know uh, I started making videos because COVID happened I was not able to dance on stage right mm-hmm. so I remember for my first video I went to Indie canal and I, uh, I had a friend who took the video and all and uh, later on I was trying to find editor to edit the video soon I realized it's not going to happen I'm not going to find a person because I'll tell you dance editing is like d- dance video uh, editing is very different from editing any other random video so for example a wedding video you can put some clips and music to it and it's done but for dance it has to match beat by beat you know the person editing is has to have the knowledge of the music the lyrics and even kind of be acquainted with the dance form right then only you can uh, kind of edit it so i found that w- the I'm. Uh, my perception is, or the way I'm imagining this and the way I want to uh, make this uh, choreography look like I'm not, I won't be able to convey it to anybody. Uh, no, I'm not going to find it anybody in states. And even if I find somebody in India, it's going to be hard for me to communicate, you know, because of the time zones and different issues. So I was like, well, if I'm not going to, it's so difficult to find, let me do it by myself. So I started editing my own videos. Now, like Because I have learned, you know, music and also so that kind of it, 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 it kind of easier for me to edit my own videos. Now, two, three videos down the line, I realized now because I know editing, I can kind of change my choreography to camera focused choreography in a way where, you know, now I can play with angles and different kind of shots because I know how to edit because I know how my end output is going to look like my process of choreography has changed completely. So I had a question
0: on this. So even before shooting, can you just, can you visualize it in your head? Like what does Yes, you know?
1: yes. Oh. So that's how it happens. So this is the stage where now first the product comes into my mind, the okay. output comes into my mind and I exactly know how I'm going to edit that. So that, that way I go on and choreograph it. So it's the other way around. First used to be choreography and then editing. But now it's like, what's the end product going to be like? So editing has helped me to choreograph. So my choreography has completely changed. After two, three videos, now I completely do the camera-focused choreography, um, and which helps me to you know play with different shots and angles and camera movements and things like that. And uh, then slowly... Uh, so it's, it's, it's like the direction, the cinematography, it's all me, like, because I have this complete output visualization, uh, it's very difficult for me to, you know, hire somebody and explain to them, oh, I want this long shot, you know, coming from left to right. And I'm going to do this movement from here to here. And you have to exactly match my steps and speed. And It's very difficult, you know, that way. So I just have a friend who, who I show, we do like short by shot. I practice with him, you know, how I'm gonna, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm going from left to right, you come here, you, you do this. And I kind of, he's a very good listener. You know, you have to be a very good listener, I think, for that and he uh, takes those shots very beautifully. And um, uh, yeah, so basically I direct, I do the cinematography, I do editing like all by my own. So in fact, the Indian Raga video, which uh, the Tarana Takita, I have edited that video myself. Yeah, yeah, and it has gotten hundreds of thousands of views and that and even the other production I, I was there, like I helped the editing, I didn't edit myself, but I was like directing uh, uh, how to edit it. So um, yeah, so that has like changed. And I think that is helping uh, me and my entire videography process uh, to be, you know, much smoother.
0: Hmm. And I guess that term is not familiar to me camera based. Choreography. So yeah. camera person, focused choreography camera focused yeah. choreography so what is that and how is that different from regular choreography
1: so regular choreography is basically when you dance for audience right? right you have an you have an audience and okay so when you're performing on stage for example there there is a crowd you don't look at any one person right right you will look in a way where your eyesight is placed in a way where the, everybody should feel like oh she's maybe looking at me you know oh, you know that technique i that, don't yeah, actually I, but i'm
0: learning right okay.
1: now okay <laughs> yeah 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 so uh it makes sense so that, I, was,
0: I didn't know it was a thing but go ahead
1: yeah, so there are different ways you're not looking at like anybody in particular, right? Okay. Um, and if you're recording your stage performance there are going to be three cameras put and uh, maybe a video of that will be some shots from this some, okay. some shots for that but again your dance is not going to change it's going to be as good as if the cameras were not there okay. you're dancing for the audience your audience is, is sitting on a chair and only this dimension that one dimension is oh. visible to them but with camera you have different movements. You can come uh, You can come forward, you can go back, you can take a shot from, you know, like upstairs or you can like have a low angle. So when you have a camera, you cannot um, uh, forget the fact that there is something, like the, the audience is in that lens, you know what I mean? So you have to make sure that you make your audience feel connected. And that is when you have to kind of look straight into the camera lens and kind of convey your dance to the audience. So your choreography, it completely changes. So a camera, that's also, so I think it would be same for any um, uh, Bollywood dance uh, shoot as well, I believe. But yes, yeah, dancing for camera is very different than what you usually do. So, uh, I mean, you have to kind of use all the camera techniques to be, you know, to incorporate in your choreography. That kind of enhances. So there can be a shot where I'm just taking spins. So for just imagine um, taking 360-degree spins on a stage versus taking 360-degree spin, and there is a camera revolving around you. It's going to be a different output. So things like that. So you have to, like, imagine and change your choreography so with the 360 degrees i may not be looking at the camera but now when i have camera revolving with me around around me 360 degrees and if i also look at the camera with every spin it's going to be fantastic the output is going to be very different so you can literally play with camera and your choreography uh, so i think that gives you um, like more options than just i mean the, performing on stage is altogether different it's a I mean, I'm missing currently uh, dancing on stage. But yeah, dancing for camera is very, very uh, different, interesting. And I think it provides you a lot of other uh, opportunities and options to explore than a usual
0: stage performance. That 360 degree chakkar thing is kind of messing with my head. So (laughs) I uh, I just want to understand this. So it's like if the camera is there and you're moving, the camera is moving around you, you're able to maintain eye contact with it as you're doing your chakkar as well? Yes,
1: yes, yes. Oh, I I have shots in my videos of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I need to go back and look at it because yeah, those yeah. are things I, I guess I haven't noticed. Like uh, yeah, because like like doing chuckers is like like what I'm like trying to figure out right that right now. Mm-hmm. So I like that that is kind of like uh, you know like yeah right. like really messing with my head.
1: Like, so really imagine yeah imagine like for example if you're taking chuckers with only one focal point. That's all I do. Yeah, and and there is a 360 degree camera revolving around you now that yeah. output is going to be different from okay. you taking you changing your focal point to uh, just maybe four directions for, to begin okay. with okay. right okay. so so uh, right in front right back left and the camera is moving along with that so you take a trucker from here then you end it you land it on your right side where the camera is already there because camera is moving now your focal point changes so that output is going to be different. So you moving along with the camera output versus your... So it's, it's about focal point in, in short. So you have when you change your focal point as well as, uh, with the camera, the output is going to be more interesting or different. I mean, I'm not saying one is better than the other. It's just going to be different, interesting. And the second option, what I talked about, you won't be able to give that kind of um, output to, to an onstage audience, right? on stage audience they, they cannot experience that they cannot view that you know what I mean
0: so coming and like while we're on choreography one thing I always like to ask any guests is about their choreographic investigation in the sense like once they started a, like a song and to figure out what the steps are what do you, what 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 goes through your what does the process look like for you to figure um, out what what steps you're going to do and this and that like it's different yeah,
1: for every dancer, so I'd like to. Yeah. No. Um, so, again, it's different for camera and different for on stage. Yeah. Because on stage, you have to kind of. So, for a song, you have to make sure that you are creating an entire, uh, like a scenery or like a background uh, in front of your audience, right? So, uh, if I'm performing a Naika, for example, um, and I'm like, oh, this uh, uh, like this is my bed and this is my kitchen, and there is nothing. There's nothing physical, right? You just try to make them um, believe that okay, th- this is where the kitchen is, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, create a world. Yeah, yeah. So that is different. But when it comes to camera, um, I think um, what uh, again at the same point is the camera movement and what. Uh, 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 what you say, the the, the lyrics of the song along with your movements and the camera movements, I think that has to be aligned to convey your message. So for me, when I choreograph for uh, videos, uh, particularly, um, there is actually no process, you know, it just comes. So the first step is I'll just sit around and I'll think about the output, how the overall it should look like second of all i should be in the correct mindset and you won't believe sometimes i just do my choreographies in 15 20 minutes and i'll be done with yeah uh, yes yes but again i'll credit that to my training you know because i don't have to spend much because of my good training basic training which i've done back in my uh, like uh, growing up days so i just have to stand in front of mirror once i have like an image of what i want to do i'll just have a mirror in front of me and i'll try to see how it's looking like because sometimes you think oh you know this movement looks nice but when you look in the mirror it's totally different and it doesn't look good but sometimes it looks good in the mirror but when you record it it doesn't look good. yeah so i always so my first step is always uh, first i choreograph with the uh, mirror and second step is i'll just have a mobile phone and i have a, a camera and i'll record myself and i'll view it like number of times to see you know what is not looking good or what can i change and uh, where can i use uh, a particular movement and things like that so uh, for me it's it's a, a first first step will be deciding uh, like choreographing in my head like you know a general idea second will be choreographing in front of mirror and third will be recording it and actually seeing it and then doing everything all over so it's, it's a process but um, yeah generally um so the choreographing which i told about 15-20 minutes is just with the mirror stuff but <laughs> the rest of the part is just go- it goes on in my head right so uh, my latest video it was a it's, it was on um, the mauli i'm not sure if i watched or not um it's yeah, the song, the Mauli song, uh, it's a Marathi song. And uh, I was having a very hard time, you know, watching news about India, uh, this entire COVID situations. And uh, uh, so I just wanted uh, to, you know, calm my, my mind. And there's this song, Mauli by Ajay Atul. Uh, it's, uh, you know, Vithal. It's, it's, it's our God. Um, and uh, I, used, I, I was listening to that song on repeat mode. And actually, it helped me to calm my mind. And I was like, and I was filled with emotions. The song is basically, uh, I wanted to like, uh, you know, it felt to me like the healthcare workers out there, they are our mauli, they are our God now. They are, they can only save us, you know. Uh, They have become a kind of our only hope when we have lost everything, you know, the science or like when, when a person loses everything, he only has one thing in mind that, you know, there has to be some miracle, there has to be, you know, something. So I was feeling that and you won't believe I was like, uh, listening to that song in the gym, and I was crying, I was I was not able to hold my tears and my emotion. And I was like, I have to dance this out. Otherwise, I don't know what I'll do. So this was not at all planned. I, was, I asked my friend, can you please, you know, come with me? I, have, I really didn't even choreograph this song much. I just went to White River, uh, put on a nice costume. I had some things in my head, of course. Uh, but because my first step was already so solid in my head, the choreography part took just 10 minutes. And then later I shot it and um, I released the video in just like a day. So it just happened just like it wasn't planned at all. So sometimes it's just that, you know, it comes from within a strong urge to perform, to express myself. Uh, dance is something I find as, you know, a, a method or a source of uh, expressions, like what I'm feeling at the moment. It's not just random dancing on random songs. So um, so then the process is very fast. But the, the post-production process is very long. You know Editing and all that takes mm-hmm. a lot of time. But yeah, so sometimes it's very, it's very as simple as, uh, you know, that.
0: Mm -hmm. so I have never had so for me personally I've never had a thing like I have to dance this out so I want to explore that more Mm -hmm. so is it common for you to like express yourself by dancing it out and like if you're like very overwhelmed and it's is that like a common release for you
1: yes always always I'm a very expressive person like I cannot hide my emotions at all having said that um I feel like I'm kind quite good with the Abhinaya part because I'm such an emotional person. I think I kind of, you know, I'm able to express and emote it well. But uh, sometimes I find it very difficult to express myself in words or, you know, like maybe talking to friends or family. But dance is something. Uh, it can be as good as, you know, dancing it out during a Riyaz. So if I'm really frustrated, um, I'll just do some heavy Baat and Tatkar and uh it kind of brings me down, like, like, yeah, put yourself, immerse yourself into something very different. And suddenly you're like, okay, there are greater things in life. <laughs> you know, let's concentrate here. And then when you kind of achieve something in that, you get a sense of relief. So I mean, there are different, different ways. And many of my videos, in fact, have come from that, like a very spontaneous, Uh, way so like one time my guru asked me uh, like you know I wanted to dedicate a song uh, to her on Guru Purnima so immediately uh, Mana Mandira that is this one Marathi song Shankar Mahadevan that came to my mind and whatever I'm dancing it's very genuine from my heart I'm like feeling that so most of my videos or dance performances are you know a way of expressing myself what I'm and I feel very relieved you know after that I feel very relieved but if I do not perform I feel like like, literally I feel like I'm suffocating myself or something like that Hmm. I have to I have to express it out
0: okay and just something you mentioned in the beginning of the conversation you mentioned support Uh, so you said like having a good support system was kind of essential to be able to do the things you want to be able to do so can you give us an example of that like how Having the, like having the kind of support you needed came out when you needed it too?
1: Uh, so yeah, I mean, so back in Mumbai, it was my support of my parents, right? Like my, so um, I remember my, so my mother, she used to wake up before me and sleep after me. I don't know. She has really sacrificed a lot, a lot. Uh, so till the time I was kind of independent to travel, she has always traveled with me and she kind of quit her job, you know, so that she could give, you uh, me time and that is something uh, i don't know how i'm gonna pay back to why i think i can never do that but i'm very grateful for that uh, so um That strong support system and my father, like he never even like uh, you know asked me even once why I was spending so much time in dance. So nobody in my family is anywhere related to arts, arts or music, nothing. And in fact, my dad he wanted me to be, uh, he wanted me to learn Hindustani, which I did. But later on, I found that I like Kathak more, and because the time is limited, I was like, let me concentrate you know more on this so but he never got upset with anything he was like whatever you want to do you know he was always there to support and provide our family and my mother she has sacrificed i mean everything for like you know for me so she'll make sure that um, my breakfast is ready when i come home you know my food is ready she'll give me four or five boxes uh uh, you know uh, of food during the day because entire day I'm outside so uh, that way she really took care of me I didn't really have to worry about anything just that when I came here I understood how much work she was doing you know like when you start living independently you're like yeah how hard you know. it is to
0: recreate the same recipe <laughs> yes. <consistently. laughs> yes yes yes
1: so that is something very very important you know going to show so she's there to drive you is there to take care of everything she's there to iron your costumes she's there to uh, you know uh, whatever you need she's there but right now you have to do everything on your own and you know I'm, I'm doing my makeup I'm doing that dupatta there is no help you know so kathak dupatta is something I, I feel it it's, it's Um. Uh, I often uh, find it difficult to do it all by myself you know you, you have to put pins and the kathak costume, the traditional costume. Have you uh, seen the dupatta? It is tied in a particular way.
0: I'd, uh, okay, uh, fine. I know it, what you're talking about. So, so wait, you're not talking about the one where you just knot it up and you're doing it for no, practice no, no, no. So tell me about this one.
1: So you take it from like one of, uh, on one shoulder and the other end goes backwards. And then there is like a kambar patta on it. Uh, and you need to pin up it, you know, on your back. And um, there are like multiple, uh, what you say, things which you have to take care of. And I often struggle to do it solo, you know, independently. And that's when I always, always remember my mother. I'm like, how was she doing it? You know, I wish I had her or like, because you're, I mean, I do have, and all but I mean obviously every time I'm not gonna get help right uh, for so so my mother back then she used to do my um, hair my makeup my costume and everything and um, uh, of course I do everything else on like, independently now but there are some things you know which uh, sometimes I like I wish I had a help you know with few things but uh, like here I'm doing everything on my own so yeah but touch would I have got great set of friends so that kind of helps so for example if i have a really busy uh, uh, week i have good friends who go and get grocery for me or you know uh, roommates who like cook for me so i don't have to so uh, again the support system what i'm talking about uh, is very small small things but they let you they let you do what you want to do you know what i mean like it's it's not a restriction that okay i have to eat now but i also have to Study, but I have to compromise on my study or my dance because I have to do like a basic activity of eating. No, I'll have a friend, you know, he'll like maybe cook and get to me, or I mean, I'll also do vice versa. But that's quite few fewer times. But uh, again, a great a great support system. And again, I'm here. I'm doing so many multiple things like Pramit, uh, um, like uh, like I said, the Desi Jacks thing which I have, the dance group that I have. Uh, I have the research, I have part-time job. Uh, I also started another YouTube channel called as Videsified, which basically helps international students who want to um, uh, you know, uh, pursue higher education abroad. So I make videos and we have some 13, 14,000 subscribers now in that. So we make regular videos on that too. So there is a lot of going on, but again, this is what I think makes me most productive because when I'm doing one particular activity, I'm hundred percent in that uh so that's why i can do like multiple things uh, you know at same time with a great support system without which i don't think so i can do any of it um so yeah it's very very important i feel like it's a blessing to have good friends and family
0: around so this brings me to a question which i've been wondering about because you when we whenever we ask you a question there is a back in mumbai a part of it and there's a u.s <laughs> part of it so Apurva, pulva the katha car like you know there's the mumbai phase of you and there's the us phase of you how have you feel like how do you feel like you you have evolved in the sense of how you view kathak in this past like from bombay to us like how's that changed or how's that been for you
1: um, yeah like you rightly use the word evolved so again back in mumbai it i had a i had a, an environment around me I was very protected you know in a way and I had my guru and I had my parents and everything was very protected and suddenly uh, into a different country it was intimidating and I feel I felt like it would be intimidating but it was not so much and now I'm to a point where I feel very blessed to have got this experience and opportunity Uh, you know having to explore everything by myself be it opportunities or be it beat anything you know when you are completely away from your home family and comfort zone I think it gets the best out of you so I think right now I'm in a a phase and stage in my life where I'm I mean although I miss Mumbai performances and my guru and all that life but still I feel very very fortunate to you know having got this new opportunities uh, and uh, new ventures and things like that so I think it's it has only happened because I was out of my bubble so uh yeah i'm very very grateful for that and i am sure it will be um uh, i'll be able to uh, uh, you know progress and um, find myself even more as time goes
0: hmm. and when it, co- it comes to progressing um, and this may be early days who knows what Do you see yourself making Indianapolis your home base or do you see yourself moving to another city and doing this all over again? Not all over again, but you know what Mm -hmm. I mean, like finding another city and all that. So what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, India is great, but uh, when it comes to maybe Kathak and dance, it's not so much. So, um, and so I'm I'm right now. I'm keeping my options very open because I'm still uh, completing my PhD. So my first target is to you know complete that, and then maybe later on we'll figure out. But again, I'm very much open to you know move around and wherever opportunities come, I'm just ready to you know uh, go and explore. I don't want to. Uh, settle in a particular place just because now uh, now B- India has you know it's, it's comfortable for me it, it is becoming like Mumbai to me right it's, it's my own bubble so I don't want to uh, kind of restrict myself if there is any other opportunities I don't mind going and starting all over again I, I really don't mind doing that as good as I am productive and I am happy with my you know dance and my um, career and things like that I don't mind shifting to any anywhere actually in the globe I don't mind going back to India I don't mind shifting to any other country for that matter. So I'm, I'm very open in that sense. I'm just very clear that I have to keep dancing and this economics, I have to do my research. Um, that's it. This is what makes me happy and I'm going to continue doing that. So wherever these both opportunities take me, I'll grab them.
0: Interesting. So yeah, so, so central to you is Kathak and economics. Yes. yes. And you, everything you do kind of moves from that central focal yes. point. Yes. Yes. Okay. So talk. So uh, that comes brings me to my next question. Um, when it comes to because I asked this to my teacher Anjali as well because she's done her PhD and she's kind of working illy. Really. So right. I asked. So do you like? Is there? A, do you find crossover between like the skills you learn in economics to the skills you learn in kathak Like do they help each other in any way?
1: Of course. Of course. But oh, you were nodding your head
0: like this. I thought of course not. But <laughs>
1: No, no, it was so much into like, of course it is, you know. Tell me about uh, that. Um, I So economics is, you know, it's, I don't know why many people tell me that, oh, it's such a hard subject, how we are doing it. But I find it so simple. Economics is all about logic. It is rational thinking, as simple as rational thinking. Uh, and when it comes to Kathak, or, like any choreography, that is also logic. You are trying to, think audience perspective, what audience is thinking rationally, like, you know, you are just uh, sort of um, uh, what you call for in economics, you try to find out the consumer or, uh, you know, a, a society in general. So they're thinking. you try to, uh, economics also has psychology in that, you know, like it, 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 it is a multi-layer, right? Uh, same thing goes with dance also, right? It has, you have to understand the mind of your audience, same here. Um, And secondly, economics has a lot of maths, like it is based on mathematics and statistics, uh, which I totally love. And uh, Kathak, when you take taals and all, everything is maths. Everything is maths. It's very fascinating to me when, um, you know, there's a, I mean, our guru used to ask us, you know, uh, fit this uh, toda in this taal and fit the same exact toda in different taal. It's all mathematics and it's kind of fun activity. So uh, I find these two things very common in both of them. And and I find that not just economics, but if you take any subject for that matter, it's going to help you in Kathak in some or the other way. And Kathak is going to in turn help you in this, in some or the other way. So uh, it's always being that for me.
0: Okay. Okay. Right. That, yeah, that's interesting. Like the psychology aspect of economics, yeah, I wasn't really aware of. The only thing I could think of is like, say, I, I heard about something called the Veblen good, and I've forgotten what it actually does now. <laughs> but I felt like that had a psychological effect on uh, that, was something to do with psychology, but I could be wrong on that. But
1: yeah, no, economics is all about rational decision making. Uh, so, uh, and my specialization is in health economics. So it's the public health side. So I do research into uh, specifically in the United States with respect you know um, marijuana legalization and opioid abuse and stuff like that Uh, but so when I do that I have to think as to you know the public health policy related side so if you for example if you have this policy how the how the population is going to react like so if you legalize marijuana for example in India how how the teenagers are, are going to perceive it and things like that so you kind of try to think the other way around right same thing goes for I think choreography you kind of do your choreography dance in a way and you think what the audience is going to perceive it like the dancer so you might have a perception on your own but trying to convey that to the audience the audience should be able also to you know think it in that manner right you have to be on the same level otherwise you feel like oh I'm doing something great and I'm I'm trying to showcase this and that, uh, but the audience might just feel what was that? I don't understand what was that. So, you know, that you have to get into the audience mind. So that's when when I say that you have to perform according to what and who your audience is. You have to make sure, and that's how I tweak my Kathak, you know, according to my audience so that it's, again, digest. And that's, again, economics. You know, you try to think from the other way around, how you're going to perceive
0: it. Okay, okay. Understood, and you kind of uh, kind of mentioned that your mission is to get Kathak to as many people as possible. That's usually the last question I ask, like, what would you like mm-hmm. to see to be? So that's kind of in that. So I guess my final question to you, Apurva, is like, so to say, like, you know, you have we have so many people coming to the US. And you're helping them out as well. But to Kathakas who are coming to the US, who might be following in your footsteps, what advice would you give them Like if they want to come here and start, continue to do their dance? Because a lot of people okay. lo- lose their touch and then they come back to it later. But it's better that they never lose touch with it at all. So they might right. be, what would you recommend right. for them?
1: Yeah, I understand. Like, in fact, I have personally known many people, uh, even mm-hmm. back in my dance class or even here, I have met so many people, you know, used to be, who told me like, oh, we, we really learned for XYZ years in India. And now, you know, because of time, we just couldn't do it and all that. Um, I mean, I understand it's difficult, uh, you know, when you uh, move uh, to different country and all that. But I think finding time is something I always... Uh, somehow it doesn't digest with me <laughs> like if you love something you will find time right um, don't watch a Netflix show don't I don't know don't go to that party or whatever if you love something no matter what you will find time for that so this one excuse of not finding time and it's something I'll I, I let you know like to tell them that uh, maybe then there is something wrong with your the way you schedule Um, uh, you know your entire day you know maybe sit down and try to figure out where you can fit it so that's a mistake so not finding time doesn't happen you have to kind of uh, that means you are just not good with your uh, management time management skills so maybe work on that second is um, always stay connected to your guru or you know the where you have come from so that kind of helps you to you know keep in touch and so right now, so I have many of my Guru Bhagini's, my friends from my dance class who I'm in touch with. So Guru and Bhagini's
0: that, is like another word for Guru then. or?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We say Guru Bhagini's. So okay, that's see, a new word yeah. I learned. <laughs> yeah. So you you're staying in touch with them and you know what's happening in your dance class. So that kind of keeps you motivated. They also, you know, kind of, keep a check on you. Are, you are you really doing something in that or not and even my guru like I said before flying to India, she told me whatever but you know keep dancing and she regularly calls me and we have this conversation I tell that I tell her what I'm up to and things like that not necessarily dance but you know even in general in my life so I think having this rapport so stay connected to your roots stay connected to your dance class that is one thing and third is find somebody you know in and around you like it can be in a university dance group or it can be uh, uh, you know any dance class over here but find somebody who will motivate you enough to just get up and dance that's it so for example so when in this dance group which I talked about the Desi Jacks dance group there are like 20-30 people and many of them uh, they are like uh, you, you know, I mean they give reason. We have assignments, we have that and this. But then when you have an event, a college-funded event, you don't have an option but to dance. Now you have a deadline, you don't have an option, and then they will come and then dance and then be like, Oh, thank God this was there. We feel really good. You know, otherwise you will always try to find excuse. Oh no, I have assignment, no, I can't do this, and I can't do, or well, it's just a dance practice. So, no, but when you get committed to a group and like to an event or like a performance, you don't have an option. You're like, okay, I have to do this. So uh, these are like two three things and i always say like i mean it is possible to continue your passion not necessarily dance it can be anything but uh if you really love that um and I, I really really feel that it helps you um to be productive in your personal life as well you know because you are able to manage these things and you learn a lot and i i, I, I sort of feel that you know when i am dancing or thinking about these things i'm always happy it's never a dull moment for me like uh, you know where I'm upset about and I don't have time for that so you know what I mean because I know i have i have read some uh, posts on instagram where you know they talk about looking at your competitors uh, videos or things like that and how, you know you sometimes you feel that you're not productive enough or things like that I'm like why do you want to see all that when you want just get up and do on your own right so uh, things can be done things if you want things can be done is what I want to say it's, it's very much doable um, uh, like phd i've uh you, you know in the beginning so we do you know about qualifiers we have in phd right like if you pass that then only you can continue and you cannot you cannot so i remember uh five of us were selected in our first year like all around the world from phd program in indiana university and after qualifiers only two of us passed me and one more girl and i remember that year only i did nruthya serve that classical event in my college and I had invited all my colleagues and all and some people advised me, "Apurva, it's good that you dance and all, but, you know, really think twice because this qualifiers are real tough. You know, you have to 24-7 be uh, yeah, but, immersed in... The- but they I haven't like- met
0: someone like you. So, it <laughs> so of course, they give that advice. That advice <laughs> so- is actually good for a normal person, but...
1: But, I mean, I don't think ahead. you can 24-7 study, right? You need, you you will at least go for a walk. You will do something. So, I might not go for a walk. I'll dance instead. Right, but so you find that. So uh, I always feel there is something else other than studies or your main career which you do. Right, there is always something. So stick to that. Just, especially when different country, you're completely uh, building your own uh, this thing from you know ground zero. It's very important to have something you know to uh, go to when things are not. We are very much stressed out. You know, you should have something to relax and. Uh, get more productive in your main career or whatever so yeah stick to that it's 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 very much doable
0: awesome I one of the my favorite things about doing this podcast is is that I get to meet people who are this driven and this passionate and when they talk about it I I just want to sit and listen and that's why I enjoy doing this so yeah with this like I kind of bring this episode to a close thanks a lot Purva, for doing this this was a lot of fun As you can tell, I've been learning a lot this whole time. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, Thank you so much for having me. This was fun, yeah. Mm